Thanks for downloading The Nightcap. If you love listening as much as we love doing it, you can help us out by leaving a rating and review on iTunes via your podcast app. You can also support the pod and secure its future by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash The Nightcap, where we are giving away signed menus from Paul's Michelin star restaurant, Seoul. And welcome to The Nightcap, life behind the Michelin star, a late night lock-in here where some of the best chefs in the country candidly discuss and debate all things culinary over a few drinks. It's episode six. I can't believe it. Oh, I can't believe we're at six going already. On? Uh, right now, I'm sat upstairs at Salt in Stratford-upon-Avon, Shakespeare's home in the heart of Warwickshire. Just gone 10 o'clock at night and service is wrapping up downstairs. So let me introduce myself and what the hell we're all doing here. My name's Simon Alexander. I'm a podcaster, producer, and daytime cooking show contestant. To my left, playing host, owner, and Michelin star head chef of Salt, Mr. Paul Foster. How are you doing? You are right, yeah? And our guest today... <laughs> oh, I love that. It's gonna... <laughs> Coventry, hello. The Coventry <laughs> way. And our guest today is head chef of newly crowned Michelin star restaurant, The Oxford Kitchen, obviously in Oxford, Mr. Paul Welborn. How are you doing, Paul? I'm very well. Thank you very much. I uh, just want to start with uh, welcome to the show, welcome to the podcast, and how the hell was dinner? You came up with a love with a look of a man who's eaten well. That was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I was lucky to eat here what just, just over a year ago. Yes, yeah, so you've I, eaten I, here before, and you've yeah. seen a bit of a difference already. I, I mean, I said to Paul earlier, I said that was that was better than last time, and it was amazing then. Awesome. So, what, what yeah. were the highlights, the courses that stood out to you? I think what I really love about Paul's food is the flavour. Every dish is just screams flavour. And yeah. I think as chefs, we get a bit lost with, you know, trying to put a different element on a dish. and Be fancy. Yeah, mess around yeah, with food and try and be yeah. all fancy and trying <laughs> to feel for the trends. But I think the flavours that he gets, you know, the, the pink fur potato dish. Just oh, yeah. flavour, yeah. flavour, every mouthful. Mm. Talk us through that dish, how's that one Well, work? it's my favourite potato, pink fur apple potatoes. You had them before. Why is it your favourite? Because the texture, they're really nutty, loads of flavour to them. Uh-huh. They're from a company called Carol's Heritage Potatoes up in Northumberland, and they, they grow all these crazy potatoes from hundreds of years ago that were forgotten. So they've got one, it's called Mr. Li- Mr. Yalt-Holmes, or Mr. Little's Yacht Home Gypsies mm-hmm. but they're beautiful wow. little all unique flavours so this we just poach it cook in a chicken emulsion sort of a red onion marmalade uh, loads of truffle and um, crispy helps. onions and sorrel that's it it's just really simple but it's beautiful ingredients nice. and when he says loads of truffle yeah. he means Is it? <laughs> loads yeah. of truffle we looked after Paul too. I, um, <laughs> I felt privileged nice one love it um, we need to serve some drinks. This is a nightcap after all. What are we thinking? What, what are we in the mood for? We've got wine and beer on the table. Paul, so what's your preference? Some, <laughs> got some lawless lager. Yeah, lager sounds good yeah, for me. Lovely. Lawless lager, Thank lovely. you very much, fellas. Cheers. I don't want to be rude, but there's only one longhorn on no, the you table. Can have that, are you mate. sure? Is that right? Yeah, Thanks yeah, very yeah, much. I'll be on the wine. Beautiful. What have you got there? Uh, just a nice Bordeaux. Beautiful. Is that part of your wine flight here? This one isn't. No, this is on our um, by the glass. Do you have? Do you get involved with the? Obviously, like you don't have a sommelier here, do you? Um, or do you sort of have a? Yeah, we've got someone work? who's um, more responsible. We don't have just a direct sommelier who just does that. So we've got a young lad, Leo, who started with us in January. Who that's his main responsibility as well as everything else. We're too small to have just one. Mm. 
yeah. one sommelier. So, yeah, his main focus is that and taking us forward. I've got to say, the staff tonight were fantastic. Yeah. The knowledge and the, the, just the detail. Was it the lad who was serving the wine? Yeah. That, that, amazing. Yeah, really, good. really good, knowledgeable. Awesome. Okay, right. So coming up on today's podcast, uh, we're going to be talking to Paul about the Oxford Kitchen. We'll be talking about chefs' lifestyles, the routines, the difficulties, the unusual hours. There'll be a bit of chatter around staff dinners too. As usual, some trip TripAdvisor reviews of Salt and the Oxford Kitchen, and we'll do Boiling Point, where our two chefs will tell stories of the real heat behind the pass. Hmm. Let's kick off with the Oxford Kitchen and the newly crowned Michelin star. So you guys both have in common that you both got re- awarded your star at the same time. Yeah, same day. Yeah, yeah same day. Yeah, well, so, I mean, obviously, what, what a day, what a year. Um, I think it was it was kind of destiny, I think. Obviously, I, I've, I've followed Paul's food and, and, and his sort of journey through his, his, his career uh, for quite a few years now. How I mean, do you guys know? It? Do you know each other much? Social or what? media, well, really, social, yeah, think, social yeah. media, hundred percent. Seems think, to be the way. And Paul back yeah. the Kickstarter as well. That's why he came to eat. So he... Which I think is a fantastic, fantastic. I mean, I, I think some people have been going recently on on social media, yeah. having a pop at people doing Kickstarters. Know, Kickstarters. Yeah. What I, a millennial way to set a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. But I can't understand how people think that's negative. I mean, you, 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 it's not giving money away. You're, you're literally having support. Mm-hmm. And but you're giving back to it as well. Yeah, so you're giving you're something for something. Hundred percent. If people don't know what, it, just briefly, how does the Kickstarter work for you? You go right. We are going to do a Kickstarter. What is? Yeah. The- so you set your time and your target time and your target amount of money. If you don't achieve your amount of money in your time, you don't get a penny. Got Nobody it. loses their money. So we set thirty days, a hundred grand. Yeah, we did it in 29. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Were you, on t- you must be on tender hooks going, Jesus. Oh, God, it's horrible. Yeah, horrible. That is yeah. mental. Yeah, and it I just, and you get this wave, like it was exciting on the first day and like everyone's getting behind it because it's new and then it dies off and then like week two, it's just a bit dull because you, you, you need new content to share and new rewards and things. And the rewards are things like what, a meal here? Yeah, anything from like a box of chocolates for 10 quid and a thank you card to like exclusive use of the whole restaurant or like pull back to, I think it was lunch tasting for yeah, two yeah. like 100 quid wow um, you know yeah. but the thing is it, it's you, you almost feel like you're doing a small gesture but you know that the outcome is you're giving someone the chance to fulfil their dream oh yeah, yeah super rewarding for you it's sort of like a, no such thing as a selfless good deed as well because you want to be involved in 100%. that story you're in supporting it but you know at the end of it you're doing something that it's every chef's ambition to have a restaurant mm-hmm. and if that's your dream and that's your you know I'm not saying that you know banks are not a good place to go to but let's be fair if you can get support from people who believe in what you're doing and mm-hmm. pushing you and striving yeah. for the same goal mm-hmm. which is open and amazing independent restaurants which is what we've got to support nowadays mm-hmm. what, what a great great concept and a great you know it was amazing. Some people just put money in for nothing. Did they? Like for, for nothing. And people I didn't even know. It's just a couple hundred quid had land in. And it's like, what? I just, I love the story. I want to be a part of it. I'll give you what I can. And huh? it's like, you know, I wasn't asking for that. It wasn't a charity. It wasn't that going to fund me or anything like that. But to be honest with you. Restore some faith in humanity, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, to totally. honest with you, even when I invested in it, it's a small, it's a tiny little piece. It wasn't about going for a meal. I mean, I would have come here anyway, even if. I hadn't invested. Yeah, yeah, sure. But the thing is, it's quite nice that you can you can do that. I think I, think, I, I almost missed out on the 
the cutoff oh, for the you? year. Yeah. I was very close. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have bothered me even if I had or I hadn't. Sure. I think I've done the same thing with Gary Usher, and I've, I think I probably missed that one as well. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm nightmare getting, I do yeah. these things, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to go there eventually. You never get a chance yeah, to yeah, eat in restaurants, but it was more about giving someone something, or supporting something that was everyone's dream anyway sure. as a chef. How did, uh, how did the Oxford Kitchen start? Just give us a little bit of background of how that all kicked off for you. Well, I, I, I've been, to be honest with you, since I left London, um, well, probably before I left London, I went through a, fa- a phase of when I was working for Gary Rhodes for many years and I, had a, I held a star there for, for five years. When that restaurant closed, I've said this to him cliche many times, when that restaurant closed, W1, I'd given everything. I mean, I was lucky enough to be a head chef at one star at top 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is so yeah. young, yeah. And it, 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 was, it was kind of, like for me, it was like, I was, I'm in our whether to stay there or to move on. And I thought, do you know what? I've been given this chance by one of the, probably the, the, the pioneers of our British food industry to run his restaurant at 25. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, do you know what? I'm going to do it. I might fail in it. But do you know what? I'm going to give it 110%. When I gave everything to that restaurant for, for many years, when the contract finished with that restaurant and it closed, it was almost like a little part of me sort of closed as well and sort of disappeared as well because I gave everything for sort of six, seven years. I kind of went onto a sort of a spiral of working in restaurants and working places that did I really believe in what they were about? Was it just sure. the job? Was it just you the role? You were just being plugged in and kind you were just of, yeah, cogging the wheel, yeah. I didn't yeah. really feel like it was me, but it was... It was it was just part and parcel of working in London, the environment, and that. The Oxford Kitchen, after all these different journeys and different restaurants I worked at, the Oxford Kitchen was really kind of like the one I walked into, and I felt like this this is an independent restaurant. That, and what they were just advertising for a chef. What? Well, the, the head chef at the time, um, he was moving on for certain reasons. It was more family reasons. He he pushed himself. He pushed his family to the limits. He'd, he'd worked really hard in, in, in trying to get this place to what he wanted to be. But it was quite a, you know, I'm sure the owners wouldn't disagree. It was quite a, it was a confused offer. Yeah. You know, and it, it was probably like many years of trying to appeal to something that they believed was right for that area. But to be honest with you, it was probably lost along the way of what it really should be, a neighbourhood restaurant, believing in the team, believing in the chef, and just taking a risk and taking a gamble. A bit like, you know, yeah. what Paul's done here yeah, in yeah. it's, it, it's a risk, of course it is, because you don't know whether the people mm. in the area are going to want that. Be receptive to it. Receptive, exactly. So yeah. it, it was a risk, but they kind of, I suppose they tried to do everything the best they could. So the chef wanted to do like fine dining, but they felt they needed to be sort of like humble bistro. Was it a brasserie? Was mm. it was a rotation menu there? Because the chef wanted that because his background. So it was very confused. But I believe, I think they got to the point when they realised a big change needed to happen. The head chef was moving on and they wanted to bring someone in who could kind of take it by the take mm. it by the bollocks basically and just yeah. take it on forward and believe in something and, and, and put their heart and soul into it. Yeah. Yeah. From, from landed outside, on their feet then with you. From the outside, known it a bit before, it's definitely got an identity now. Like before it always looked nice, the food was always good, but I didn't really know what it was. Mm. But now it's like you know that you go to that restaurant for that sort yeah, of thing well, and that, it's that, got a clear identity that's what we hope for I mean obviously I didn't want to come in with a big buy, big I am I'm just coming there because I want to bring in a team or assemble a team and just just put myself on a plate that I've probably been lost along the way in London doing different concepts for companies building things because that's what they believe would work rather than say do you know what let's just do good food simple food but at the same time, kind of like my take on it and just 
stick to what we can do well rather mm-hmm. than everything average. Sort of narrowing the focus to a, a couple of things. A hundred percent. You know, we took a risk and you know, we lost a lot of people along the way. Some regulars who didn't like what the changes they they weren't happy that we closed Sundays because we closed Sundays purely for staff retention. Mm. I mean, you give those guaranteed two days a week off. It's amazing how many staff will stay. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we'll probably get on to that actually. That's a really good yeah, point. Probably, yeah, I'm probably going far no. too, too far ahead, but no, yeah, no, so not at all. It really gave me that clear sort of. I think to be honest with you, it sums it up when the Michelin guy came in for the first inspection about a so year you ago. knew that they were coming? We didn't know they were coming, but we, we had the first inspection that was announced. So we kind of got the feeling we felt like there was someone in the restaurant who was had all that kind of like... You can almost tell <laughs> when they're not just customers. When the single person comes, one person comes in, sits at a table, and the way they are, the way the questions they ask, the sort of the little things they do. It's a bit much. Gives you yeah. a little bit of a, a, a giveaway, but at the same time, we didn't know. I'd be a nightmare. I, if I was a Michelin, <laughs> you, I, I, everything would be too much. I'd be like, yeah. where are the toilets? Like, I'd, be acting the, I'd be acting too hard trying to keep it They'd cool. They'd probably have kicked you out by then, yeah. to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm just a man who's moved into the area. Yeah. Hello. My <laughs> name is Sy- oh, I just be. It would be so bad. So yeah, how did you? But yeah, you- literally when they came in, they announced it. The, the first thing they said was, um, "Why have you come to Oxford? Why here? What's what's pulled you to here?" And I just said, "Well, it's a fantastic city. It's got a lot of history, and food-wise, it's got a nice core of of, of restaurants around the outside." Yeah. The centre of Oxford's really lacking something. Yeah, it had been for a while. Uh, yeah, it's really similar to here, to Stratford, though. 100%. I think like it's a yeah. really. Be- I know Oxford quite well because I've got a couple of mates that live there, and it's never had a lot of chain restaurants because it's so touristy and studenty as well. Uh, it looks beautiful, but it's chain restaurants and standards can be quite low. Hundred percent because people aren't that fussy so you can let your standards slip and the people just still come through the doors yeah yeah, like with Stratford as well a lot of places weren't relying on um, repeat business yeah so many tourists so it in and out have to be that good well yeah there might be people coming through Stratford for the Stratford itself the home of Shakespeare for the theatres of course but it it was always I mean I came to Stratford many many times Um, I used to love coming to Stratford to sit to the theatres but it was always I hate to say this but, but controversial it was always average it was not, trying to do too much of like the pre-theatre was taken over that's and still the case, still the case. pre-theatre places, is pre-theatre is great for what it is but yeah, still, it's not really foodie that's still the case yeah. it's not controversial a lot of places still do the pre-theatre menus and it's full it is and we're one of the only restaurants that don't offer it and that was a decision I made from the start and everyone told me it was a big risk and I knew it was but um, you know, a lot of people told me that that's your bread and butter you have to do it or you'll fail and my response to that was, well, what about towns where they don't have theatres? How do they survive? Mm. Yeah. You know, and you just got to flip it on its exactly. head and look at it in a different way. 100%. And, you know, custom, the, the locals have really appreciated we don't do that because they're not shoved in for an hour in, out, you know, out the back door. Yeah. You know, we've, they've got the table for the whole night and we've focused on what we do. Mm-hmm. So how did you find out you got the start? When was the moment you found out that you got your Michelin star? What, what was the, what were you up to? Where were you? Well, it was Friday lunchtime, just before, well, just before lunchtime, wasn't it? I think it was around about... Oh, yeah, yeah, I got half, an email at 11. Yeah, about 11, 11.30, or yeah, it must have been, yeah, been yeah. the same time, it must have been... I remember just, I had loads of messages from people, like my, my, my first head chef had been up in Yorkshire, Andrew, at the Star Inn, he messaged me, I think on the Tuesday, so the week before, and just said, uh, all right, 
you uh, you going to London on on Monday? Playing it casual. You've yeah. got an email, and at that point, obviously, I had an email, and I was just like, nah, nah, nothing, nah, nothing. Yeah. And you almost kind of like, cause I, I, it was all new. This 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 whole experience of winning the star this year, because I remember when we won the star for W one back in two thousand and eight, uh-huh. which was back in January. Then I remember it was just a phone call to Gary Gary Rhodes in the morning. And he would just basically get his, his mobile went off. His mobile went off a little bit. It was in the kitchen. I remember I was passing a veal stock at the time, sweating this bit. Of, trying, to, trying not to fall and stack it over and pour this hot stock over me. Trying to do it. And then the phone was going in the background, but I couldn't do it. I was like, oh, what's going on now? And Gary went off and went into the restaurant with his phone. And about 15 minutes later, by this time I was literally like soaking in sweat and veal stock. And he came back in. He was just what like, sweat? What's veal stock? Yeah, at this exactly. Point, I don't yeah. even know. It all Extra goes in the same season, place. Yeah. Yeah. And he just walks back in. And just like, I was like literally bright red from like the steam. And he walks up behind me and just went like, his typical bless him, his little congratulations, chef. We won a star. And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> what, what's going on for a star? Yeah. And I was just like, it was like. It was kind of like you were, you were over the moon, ecstatic. At a time, I think we pushed so hard that year. I just broke down. I went to the office and just broke down. I was oh, like, oh, mate. But this time it was different. It was almost like getting the email coming through. I remember I was checking, just doing things on my computer, laptop before service. Boom, came up as mission. I was like, Oh, it's a bit, bit, bit strange on a Friday. Spam. Yeah. <laughs> so I opened no, up. No, and I remember it just said like, um, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I've got a deflated tire. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember it was just like, oh, you, you've been invited by Michelin or something to. Um, it was automated, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like you've been invited to the, oh, to the yeah, events. That, but it didn't save one. That would put you no, off a bit. The, the automated nature of the email would make you think, oh, yeah. am I just. Uh, Is it just a, you know, a blanket sent did out? Did you know it's the date on it? I shit no. myself when I saw that because it had like click this link to say you want to come and obviously mm-hmm. it was the 1st of October the announcement so the Friday would have been what the 28th 28th yeah September it's like click this email by the 13th of September I was like <laughs> Not as yeah. yeah. It was just wrong. Yeah, I'll have to find it and show you later. Really? Well, I, th- I think it's because exactly, exactly the same email went out to the current star holders a month before so they had time to mm. do it and they just sent the same one. I think I was too busy. I, I literally, I squealed out like a little baby. Did you? I literally <laughs> was like, oh! And then like my, my sous chef looked over and he was like, you all right, chef? And I was just like, oh, right, I can't say anything because nothing's really been... I, I, I like, don't, don't say know, anything. Yeah. And then like, everyone looked over and I was like, okay, keep quiet, keep quiet. And I replied to it and I said, I'll accept the, the invitation. And I just thought, in my head, I was like... I don't want to get too excited, but I can't be just being invited. I've always time yeah, for yeah. no reason. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, inside you're like, yes. But then you're like, it better not be a trick. It better not be like one of these ones where you're going to be invited and it's just like, oh yeah, past mission and holders and blah blah. blah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, don't don't do it to us. But I remember I went outside. I actually I went to went to the shop across the road, and I just I just I started shaking. I was just like, what's going on? Like it was almost like five years of like quite tough times and different things all culminating like wow like yeah. this is this is unreal I what mean, a moment did you, you tell you, anyone I phoned my family yeah I told my parents just because I just I said I didn't say I won I just said you know I've been invited to the mission event and my dad was just like that's amazing like that's the, congratulations I was like yeah but I don't know what I won for and he said the same thing proper Yorkshire lad he went 
shut up lad <laughs> you're not going there to make up numbers but I don't know how to take that do you know what I mean I, was like, I don't know how to take that yeah. but at yeah. the same time I was in I was confident because if I didn't get the email at all I'd be in like yeah 100% not yeah. a year yeah. but, but it's business as usual but just getting that that email was just like it's beautiful beautiful it's, moment yeah it was special did I message you or did you message me on the Monday morning I think I think uh, you messaged me yeah ask if you I had a message from, <laughs> I had a message from Kenny up at uh, Newcastle oh yeah and he just said uh, well you just messaged him going are you are you going are you yeah, going to Michigan? Yeah, maybe. To London? Well, I didn't want to say that. I, I, I've been saying no for so long over the weekend because I remember I was that yeah, whole weekend too. was like, right, avoid anyone. Avoid. I had to work Saturday. Obviously, it's like, oh, awkward. It's awkward. Not saying anything. But excited. Don't give me away. I'm a terrible liar. But I remember I, I played golf with my sous chef on the Sunday, and he was just like, "Are you all right?" I was like, "Yeah." He said, "Do you want to play golf tomorrow?" I'm like, "Nah, I can't, mate." He's like, "Oh, it's really nice weather." I'm like. Yeah, I can't make it, mate. I can't make it tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to London. He's like, all oh, right, but he didn't click. I said to London. I was like, shut <laughs> But I remember I was on the way down to uh, on the train. I think you messaged me. Yeah, yeah. Saying, are you are you heading London today or something? And I was like, yeah, I'll see. Maybe. I'll say, yeah, I am. And he's like, I'll see you later. Yeah. Oh, nice. And then Kenny messaged me and just said, like, uh, so are you in London today? And I was like, "Who? Sorry, who? Kenny Atkinson." Okay. Yeah, he messaged me. I was like, "Yeah, I'm in London today." And he's like, "It's just basically like one of the emojis, like like punching the air." Fucking nice one. <laughs> I'll see you later for a beer. Oh, such a great feeling. Yeah, it was, it? It, it was a surreal. I, even before the event, I went down to the South Bank and I was quite early. Cause I didn't want to be late. I was like, "No chance, <laughs> no chance." And I sort of sat watching the been in London for so many years. It was quite amazing to sort of go back to London again for picking up that award yeah of course I was on the South Bank just looking over thinking like you know, we're all we're all so lucky mm. do you know what I mean we're doing something we love but we put everything we, we, we do we put everything into it for those moments for those yeah. moments of just like a little bit of it's, it's not reckon it's not it's not the awards it's not, it's not that it's more the fact is that it's just like a you see everything you do in your life the sacrifices you make I'm sure Paul's saying the sacrifices you do yeah, the, the hours you probably miss with your kids and stuff in the past yeah. and the hard work you put in the stress you put in for you know to open your own restaurants well, obviously I'm not opening a restaurant but it's still a different kind of stress mm-hmm. hard work you know it's it's just like a little it's been worth it absolutely and actually you know that, I mean? that's a perfect way to seg into our first sort of topic really which is about the the nitty gritty of it all and the lifestyles of chefs and those hard hours and the missed opportunities you know one thing I've always observed as someone who fancies himself as a bit of a home chef people either come around for dinner or whatever and they say oh so do you ever think you'd want to be a chef and my default answer is I'd love to but the hours are just shocking like I don't want to work Friday nights Saturday nights Sunday days it puts me right off really does is a massive thing for me I'm just like would I ever want to be a chef I don't think so just sounds awful so I just I want to go through like the routine of what you guys do like what is a typical day behind the scenes in terms of timings? What you, when you when do you eat? When do you get home? Can you fall asleep straight away? Like it's such a weird job and weird hours. You know, everyone's having fun when you guys are at your busiest. Mm. So take us through your your normal working day. Who wants to kick things off? Well, yeah, um, my days are different really. It um, I'll. I generally I don't come in as early as I used to now because obviously I want to spend that little bit of time with the kids. So I leave it like tomorrow. I do on a Friday. I always do a school run, uh, and then I drop my lad over to his grandparents in Coventry. Then I'm normally about nine half nine, um, 
and then it's it's generally the first thing is sorting out problems really like yeah you walk straight into it and it's like oh chef this or chef this i'm like can i have a fucking coffee first please <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the worst things to do to me and people don't learn is like i haven't even taken my coat off and you've hit me with a problem just let me get in or come order, at me with a solution order, rather order. than a problem <laughs> but yeah it's generally i'll be driving to work and i'll be planning out my day and it's like okay right scallops fish get that box then meat so that'll be going around in your mind when you're driving to work yeah you're kind of organising your day out and yeah and then but then generally it works out the way you plan it but then you'll come in you know that hasn't shown up this hasn't shown up that delivery is late and then all of a sudden your day's all over because when you're organised and then you've got to reorganise it off the cuff and then you're picking up for lunch or lunch table's cancelling so it's like it's never a straightforward day. It, no day is ever the same. It's problem it's solving all the time. It's, yeah, constantly. And, and that's why I hate people coming to me with problems. I, like, I try and train people to come to me with solutions mm-hmm. just to make my day easier. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you going to do about that? Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, so tomorrow, that, like, that's a typical day for me tomorrow. It's like I've got a lot of fish coming in, a lot of meat coming in. Friday's a big day to set up for the weekend. Sauces to make. Got to be ready by 12. And then lunch is busy. I won't see the other side until you know, you, your mise en place, your prep is for me. It's like two and a half hours on a Friday, yeah. and if I can if I squeeze a bit after lunch, then I will. Does that sound too dissimilar to what you are up to? Yeah, I think uh, one. I think well, I think similar to me, similar to Paul. I it's changed probably a little bit recently for me. Um, since we won the the star, we've managed to be able to expand the team slightly. So we were we were pretty tight with the amount of chefs we do for the amount of covers we did before. Um, but then obviously, with obviously the the star it came with increased business, and it got to the point when you know we had to take on more staff. Once we took the more staff on, it allowed for a slightly more I'd say like not so well, it's easier, but a slightly more comfortable working day for myself mm-hmm. um, obviously I'm trying to push my my team and like my sous chef to step in and do some of the things that last year he was too busy with other things and I had to do everything so now I'm trying to get the team to be more self-sufficient uh, yeah almost. self-sufficient not not that I'm taking any more time away from the business or any time away from the kitchen because to be honest with you I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still doing exactly the same amount of work but it's just in different ways. Now I'm sort of stepping into more into development of the place rather than before where I didn't have any chance of doing development. Yeah. Uh, we've got a small little sort of development kitchen in the back where that was always a dream. But obviously when you're kind of tight on the numbers, you can't, I can't get into there. I mean, uh, you just use an overflow. But now it's, you know, we do develop more things and I do work with the team more. So the team are actually progressing more and learning more and evolving more. Whereas last year it was kind of, we were just trying to establish where we were in the sort of food and the style. Okay. Um, yeah, my first sort of year and a half here, it was it was essentially like firefighting. Like you mm. just we're getting through each day, and that, that's what a lot of it's like. And you know, I got I we added to the team just before we got the start, and that gave me a bit of a chance to work on the business stuff, developing mm. dishes and things. But my sous chef's gone now, so I'm back on the meat and fish. So I'm doing a chef to party job head chef job sous chef job and owning the business job as well so it's tough yeah it it is it's tough and it's like you you have to you have to be savvy about it so i adapt the menu to make it work for me so it's not the quality is still there but it's not as prep heavy Mm -hmm. for me otherwise i just wouldn't be able to handle the standard that we've got how much prep time goes in 
a day? What, how much prep? Like, what is the school timetable of a day? Like, the structure? Like, in, in and out of lunches and taking a break for yourself and all that sort of like, If there is one, what is the... Even maybe not as head chefs now, or like, historically, when you've been part well, of the team, what is the standard story, day? In the early days, it wow. would, I mean, you, like London or yeah. when I was in Oxford at Le Manoir, it was, you know, 7 till 1 a.m., you know, 7am to 1am yeah, I, I, I remember in London I used to race to get the first tube in the morning and then to get into work as, as I possibly could just to make sure that I kept my head above water because it was different then it's almost now it sort of seems like a long time ago now obviously when you're your head chest you've got a team around you then it was like you're in control of one thing but you cannot you cannot you know be late you cannot be missing something or else the, the knock-on effect to the, to, to the job it's is not worth it, it's yeah, not worth yeah. it and i remember you know i'd even work through my breaks even though you know the chef was like get out for a break get out get out and i'd be like oh, yeah but in my yeah, head i couldn't shout at me later. yeah exactly <laughs> I, you're saying that now but i'm gonna be you know yeah, yeah. In, in the shit later um and then i remember used to be leaving work at, and running for the tube for last tube so it was almost That's first tube crazy. to last tube, and then you might get an hour break in the afternoon. Wow! Um, but it was it was like that because it was a really busy restaurant. I so it's a mixture back- of pressure and trying to impress, or is it more pressure? I don't um, think I don't think it's trying to impress. I think no, I think it's it, it, there's, there's not a lot. There is that sort of macho ness about it. I've done more hours than you. Oh, is like, there? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's true. So it's like earning your stripes. Need to. And I never really minded the hours. I mean, there's there's a big change now with hours and. Um, work-life balance and I'm trying to get us into a better place at the restaurant here and I think it's important but I think I was saying to you yesterday so we were chatting about it I think I think you have to do a good amount of hours like I think if you want to be great you've got to put the work in mm-hmm. like in in any field 100%. especially chef and you I you can't will skip, never have, you can't skip the hours no, yeah yeah you will never be a success 100%. in this industry doing 37 hours a week 38 hours a week, I, hours a week. I, remember when, I remember when I left Yorkshire and I came down to London at 19 I remember the one thing my dad said to me and it always stuck with me and it was almost something that I don't know whether I was trying to make sure I, I lived his kind of ethos and mentality but he always said to me whatever you put into life you'll get back yep. if you work hard you'll get the benefits back in time Yeah, uh, it might not be immediate but in the future you'll get it back so work, <laughs> we'll always work hard and push yourself I suppose going down to London, I was always like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle this. It's, you know, I've, I've worked in some amazing kitchen up north that really got prepared for it, but London was just a, an absolute, just a, a minefield of just like stress, intensity, uh, yeah. The, the, the cost of living there and just the, the the constant pushing. You know, the kitchens were intense there. There were, it's a bit, it's cliche, the old military style, but it was like that. I mean, yeah. probably the man was the same. It's like, you know, you are regimented and you cannot be late. And if you're late, that's it. And I remember like days when you were given early or late in the week if you were lucky. And if you, if you fucked up in service, you weren't just removed from your early or late. Everyone else had theirs removed as well. So in a kind of like, so if, like you, if, you're, if you don't do it in time, everyone does. Yeah, 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 everyone that, yeah, yeah. so then straight away your eyeballs are on you now. Luckily, I wasn't anyone who caused anyone to have any time to wow. remove, but I remember people who were, and it was just like, you know, there was there was a fair degree of it was a bit of a, uh, you know, it was kind of a warning, but it would never really happen. But at the same time, before you, until you knew it wasn't going to happen, you know, shitting yourself, you know, do you want to piss off the entire team? So does the, does the pressure and the relentlessness, or di- did the pressure and relentlessness ever break you? Um, Did you ever go I never, I never throw in the towel or have a little cry? 
I had times when I was very close, very close. And I mean, when I was at Le Manoir, I was like covered in rashes all up my arms, all like stress rashes. I never knew what they were, but you just, you know, you put cream on, you're not, you don't link it. Um, and you know, really? you'd go home and your family like, oh, you're not yourself. And the same things, people that aren't in the trade, we say, oh, so not a wake up call, you go home and your girlfriend, wife, parents or whoever are saying, no, mate, you're not I wanted bit... to be good. Yeah. Like, and I was driven by that. People would say, like friends, family, the word in the trade, oh, they're taking the piss out of you, they're exploiting you. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd work out, oh, you did 100 hours last week, that's your hourly rate. And I never saw it like that. It was, I saw it like, I'm paid that wage to do that job. Mm-hmm. If it takes that amount of time or that amount of time, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Because yeah. I wanted to be the best and I wanted to achieve what I've achieved now. And it's not ideal and I wouldn't have my guys here working those sort of hours or extremities, but I wouldn't really be where I am now without that 100% yeah did it ever get to you a bit Paul I had my moments yeah I mean I think I, I was quite lucky in the fact that when I went to London that I worked with some uh, head chefs who were they, they were genuinely really really nice people even when you know tough tough times happened and you know you got the rollickings and it was never easy but there was never any kind of personal or kind of it was never the sort of the hate mob or like really putting pressure on you to the point of breaking you um I think I got broken quite quite a lot up north before I left, which was probably at a time when I left um, Andrew at the start. La- I left on probably like not the, not the best terms at a time. It was a bit of misconfusion, a bit of confusion between why I left, and there's a there's a whole chain of events. But I always regretted how it ended because I always respected Andrew, and you know he he gave me a, a chance at a young age to sort of really push me on and make me realise college is great, right. but college doesn't really get you prepared for the industry. It's amazing for like the basics, but it's like the difference between training and match fitness. Hundred percent shock, hundred percent, yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. if I hadn't worked with Andrew at the star, I definitely Sorry, Andrew who Andrew Pern, Andrew Pern at the star okay. up in up in Herum. Yeah, if I hadn't worked with him back then, um, and really had sort of my eyes open to this industry is not easy. Um, he, he pushed me there even when I was sort of. I had the opportunity to have maybe a slightly easier life by maybe living in, but I was traveling every day commuting and it was, he really pushed me at a young age. And I think at the time I was like, why is doing this? Why is doing this? When I left, it was almost like, why did it have to be like that? But to be honest, looking back now, and I said to Andrew, when I saw him at the Michelin event, and I said to him, I said, this, this is down to you as well, chef. He's like, nah, the bollocks, the bollocks. You've come on a lot now since since then. Yeah. You've grown up a lot. I said, yeah, but if it hadn't been for you showing me what this industry was in like really the raw this is what it is it's not fun yeah. you don't have a social life the, the barracks you, you are knack- your days off if you have days off you are sleeping most of it <laughs> you're you're exhausted beyond belief it's probably exhaustion is more is the worst part of the industry rather than back then rather than the actual the, the mental sort of torture of the industry like you know the chefs it's probably tiredness just mm. constantly you're never you're never tight. never untight. I mean, you never. You're never kind of at the point where you relax. You've you've had a good night's sleep. You come into work. You're always. You never go in fresh. Pushing yeah. yourself. Pushing yeah. yourself. <laughs> you wake up in the morning. You're laughing. You're never going fresh. Do you? No, yeah. but you, you have that appointment. I don't know if you had it, but when you have like nausea in the morning, you wake yeah, up in the morning. Yeah. You're like. You, you don't want it to work just wow. because you're tired. You never go in feeling amazing. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah, fresh, happy, no, no. bouncing. Yeah, no, no, never. No, no, no. Wake up, yeah. Yeah, like you ain't worked hard enough, no. mate. If you come in like that, <laughs> this is the way, you, always the way make, you always wake in the middle of the night. It has to smile about it. You always wake in the middle of the night remembering that you've forgotten to do something. Oh, I should have gone in that. That should have gone in the oven. Shit, did I order that? 
Yeah. Oh, and then straight away you're already running to the tube or the bus, whatever, and you're like, yeah. oh, here we go. My, my, my day's already knackered because I'm already chasing yeah. my tail. Oh, I think for me, like, Andrew was like the biggest wake up call to me. And I think without him pushing me and really sort of like showing me that it's not about friends, it's not about, you know, being polite, it's about pushing yourself and getting the best out of it and working hard and. I think I wouldn't have survived in London. Yeah, and it, so. it, it's your grounding and your foundation, and it teaches you to cope through adversity. When I um, first went to Le Manoir, before that, I'd, I'd gone to college. I worked in a small two rosette restaurant about ten miles from here. Lovely little place. I learnt loads, like real good cookery skills, and that. But it was just me and the head chef. Got on with mates. We got drinking together. I went to Le Manoir, and fuck, did I have a shock. back down to earth? Yeah, it was like <laughs> I felt like we hit by a truck. Yeah. Like I remember the first day I was like buzzing I'm like yeah I'm looking at man what I'm so excited I bet yeah the reputation service. of that place yeah, and you know it, it was exciting yeah, it was yeah. just like I was telling all your mates the honeymoon period was like broken that first day yeah. so like we got to the end of service like I'd had a good service I was on the cold ladder we were happy it was about half ten I'm cleaning down like thinking oh we're going home now we're going to the pub chopping boards come out we're doing prep now like so yeah we had like another three hours of mise on place to do for lunch menu the next day so what the fuck is this <laughs> oh wow but then I got used to it and that became the normal for me so it conditioned me yeah, yeah. yeah. and I think if I get through that I get through anything and that prepared me for the stresses and the the the, the toughness of owning your own business and now you guys are at the helm what are the differences that you notice in the new generations of people coming through that are aspiring <laughs> to be in your what was that, <laughs> oh, was that? yeah <laughs> what you know not not necessarily everyone but what is the general sort of feeling you have around people aspiring to be where you guys are i think are they do they have the same attitudes are they facing the same adversities you did that sort of thing no definitely not i mean i don't think the industry is easy it's not any easier I think it's just the mentalities now is that, and it's it's probably a bit of a cliche as well. I'm not going to say that it's just because of TV shows, but they're probably glorifying what being a chef is. Um, you know, you I, I use tweezers myself, but you you have this kind of stereotypical like you know, you put that pair of tweezers, you put that on a dish, you send that yeah. out, you know, in like a time thing, one dish at a time, and it's perfect, and that's like oh, it's amazing. Yeah, you, you win got- a competition. <laughs> Tweezers, beard, and tattoo, you sorted. No, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that, that's becoming like that, that thing. Probably social media doesn't help. Some of the, the some of the sort of TV shows glorify it a little bit. Um, it doesn't show. It doesn't show the real hard work that goes in from your beginning of your career. Because I always say that like the first four or five years of your career is vital. You go one of two ways: you either burn out, you either give up, or you either realise. Do you know what? I fucking love this job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard, but I want to be the best I possibly can at it. I think now, because obviously the way that it is now, and it has to change because you know people can't get burnt out now. But people don't want to work as hard for that for for, for that long, and then sacrifice. Yeah, they don't want Home to life, earn it money. like the traditional they way. They want fast track. Yeah, and I think that comes, a lot of it, Instagram as well, isn't yeah. it? And it's so like, chasing the likes and that chef's doing that, I want to be doing that. They're oh, doing pop-ups, yeah. I want to be doing pop-ups. And Obviously the cost of living and too. everything else is, has changed a lot over the years, but I remember my first paycheck when I left London, my first monthly paycheck was after tax was about £710. Wow. 
Now, out of that 710 pounds, you have to pay for your rent, pay for your travel, <laughs> and try and have a life for four weeks. Oh, yeah. man. And I remember that. And I, I didn't bat an eyelid. I had that for a year until I finally got a pay rise. Yeah. That year was, was, was tough. But I remember it was, it was probably one of the best years I had in London because you, it's not about having the money. It's not about that. It's about you're part of a team. You're, you leave every weekend thinking, like, I'm part of something here. Mission Star Restaurant, pushing you're out You're at the bottom rung of the ladder, but it feels With great to be on the ladder. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm young, I'm in London, I'm pushing, I'm working hard. Look at me. Films are yeah. going to be written about me. <laughs> Imagine now trying to say to someone, you're, you're, at the end of the month, you're going to get seven and ten pounds. Yeah. I mean, they'll say, wow, how many weekends do I get off? Uh, when do I go home? How many breaks do I get? How many early lates do I get? Is that is, is that the genuine like the genuine consensus of a lot you know? What I don't percent- I don't want to say everyone, but no, I mean of course, a lot yeah. of people come it's into the more job. So isn't it? And I understand they want you know they want a better quality of life, they want more social time, but you you just can't have both. You can't have you can't not be here on a Friday night in a in a Michelin star restaurant. You've got to be working. Yeah, right? you can't have an incredible no social life, loads of friends, be out and then be the best chef in the world. You, you've 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 got to find that balance. You've got to work hard. You've got to put a lot of effort, 100%. a lot of hours in. You look at all the chefs who are in this industry, who are the what I think like the the pioneers, the ones that really made Britain great in food and brought on all the future chefs. You know, you've got your Raymond Blancs, you've got your Rue brothers, Gary's, Marco, Gordon, Sat now, mm-hmm. Clifford. All these people here, they were the ones that are pushing. And did they have an easy life when they started out? No. No, of course did not. Did they teach their you know chefs in? No. You work hard, you get pushed, and then you appreciate afterwards the hard work you've done in your past yeah. to where you are now. Now it's almost like, for it. oh, so I'm not getting promoted after two or three months. So I'm not getting that position. I'll be, yeah, but I should be a sous chef. Why? Where have you worked? Oh, yeah, but I did a few months there, did a few months here. I worked there. But you're looking for a sous chef. Really? Yeah, yeah, but I want about 30. <laughs> Guys, come come on. Like, this, this, yeah. this is the wrong conversation to have. You should be coming in and working hard and proving yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to prove ourselves. Yeah, you work yeah, at the bottom. Yeah. Prove yourself. It's not a case if you tried to do wrong to other people in the kitchen at the time, but you want to prove yourself. I'm here at the bottom, and I want to be better. Yeah. You know, and I don't think now it's about that. It's about what, how you can talk your way into a place. The game's changed. Yeah. Yeah. So, soon CVs will have. I've got this many Instagram followers. <laughs> yeah. This many likes. Yeah. You joke about it, but it's yeah. 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 You know it's yeah. Do you know what? Um, okay. I think we should move on to our next topic, which. Um, uh, I love this, especially as we had uh, Brad Carter on our second episode, and he's bringing out a book called Staff Food or Staff yeah. Dinners, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, it comes Which, out next. Oh, month, it's great! Yeah. If you follow him on Instagram, it's brilliant. He puts up an Insta story every day of what the staff are having for dinner. Um, chefs' diets. You all cook some of the best food in the country. What eat crap? You look absolute crap. Do you? Yeah. What is well, not the, so bad now? What's, what's a day? A norm, honestly, what is a normal? So it's, yeah, it's Wednesday midweek. Well, going Breakfast, back, lunch, and dinner. What's earlier in my career, that was when it was bad. So it's like you generally eat late night, high carb. So I'd go home one a.m. Super noodle sandwiches, loads of <laughs> loads of butter. Sandwich. Where was that tonight? <laughs> <laughs> That's later after the pub. Yeah. <laughs> or something like you know any. You know you've mentioned carb. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really, Anything. super noodle it's sandwiches. Like you're starving carbs because you're so starved of energy. So like you're nibbling throughout the day. You'd like. You'd get staff food if if you had time, or you'd quickly, you know, have it on your section, or um, you know, you might go out have a coffee and have something if you get out. But like, you get home and you like, you think I haven't actually had a full meal. 
Because you're tasting little let's bits all day. Let's have four or five rounds of toast, or let's have like you know one <laughs> in the morning. Yeah, and you wake it. up bloated, like oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Regretting it. it. You know yeah. it. You get this food hangover. It's kind of yeah. Do you? Yeah. Do you yeah. do the same? Uh, I'm, uh, yeah. I mean, I think. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a Yorkshire lad. So I mean, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never been a small guy, so it's, it's. But I think it's true that we 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 don't eat the best diets. I think now this is probably the we work with the team now I think we're all really focused now on making sure we don't eat a staff food like unhealthy you know we try to mm. avoid fried foods like before it's always easy I'll put some chips in there yeah. staff pies I'm sure that was always the yeah. like, it was easy because <laughs> but now it's like you know that's made more effort now you know because in the, we're, we're the ones eating it yeah. and if we're cooking great food for our guests we should be really eating mm. half decent healthy food so what is a typical day of food for you guys I t- I'll, t- I'll tell you what like you know it, it probably now we're eating much healthier. Like we don't eat. We, we probably have like maybe pasta or something for lunch, and then in the evening, the lads will make some like chicken, barbecue chicken, couscous, bulgar wheats, popping now in the kitchen. I'm like, wow, <laughs> what's, that, that what's happened? Yeah. I was like, bulgar, what? <laughs> Give me a super noodle sandwich. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think the, the guys in the kitchen now, you know, they well, I say guys, guys and gals, they, you know, we, we, we really, we really are kind of focusing on that. And I think I've noticed since. Probably last year was horrible because I, I think I went off the radar a little bit with like probably doing the right things, eating the right things, not going to the gym, eating shit. And to be honest with you, like I put on some fair timber last year. <laughs> so this year we're really focusing like as probably a kitchen as well. We're pushing ourselves like my sous chef and a few of the guys talking about doing 10k runs, and then like we're really sort of trying to really be health conscious. The whole team. So yeah. hopefully like this year we can try and like shed whatever we put on last year. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's 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 a dangerous game. You start drinking a beer once a once a night. Then it comes out a couple of beers. Then you go back and have, you know, food. You get back at night. Yeah, it, I imagine yeah, you drive home. Yeah. You see those golden arches. Yeah, it's really. I'm not surprised that Brad's doing that because it's it's that point now where I think you know we need to look after ourselves because you know we, we we work hard, so mm. we should be making sure we don't push our bodies to. Yeah. Yeah. Have yeah. you moved on from super noodle sandwiches? Yeah, pot noodle sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. Yeah. No, no, I haven't had them in years. The thought of it just makes me think, no, that's horrible. No, Is it but, different because you've got kids? Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm still guilty of eating late now sometimes because we have our staff food here about five o'clock and you know, the guys do a really good job of it, you know, salads, you know, nice, tasty, cleverly used up, you know, cost-effective things for us as a small business that are still tasty and... Do you, t- do you take it in turns or what's the is no, that the like guys a who I don't get involved yeah ah. they, I let them do it and they manage it and they take a turn each doing it oh, that's nice um, yeah and it's, it's only like four or five of us so it's like quite small and manageable um, but the problem with that sometimes is like five o'clock so early to eat for me yeah. when you're getting home at midnight and it's like I haven't eaten for seven hours yeah that's a long time so it is I'm, I'm you know I've, I've really cut back on eating late now I'm trying to have if I have if I am eating something that late it's fruit or or something I will have the odd bit of toast or McDonald's can't help it can you okay yeah. right let's move on to uh, let's move on to our TripAdvisor review shall we love oh, this not, yeah. okay so uh, this is how it works if you've not heard it before I'm going to give some TripAdvisor reviews and our chefs here will have to decide whether I'm talking about a different restaurant or their own <laughs> Here we go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> should, be, should be fun. Paul loves TripAdvisor, by the way. He's a sure massive he advocate of it. Yeah. Uh, who wants to go first? Who wants to guess first? Guess that Paul first. Paul. Okay, so Paul, I'm going to give you a review. You've got to tell me whether you think it's another restaurant completely or Paul. Paul's restaurant, Salt. Yeah. Two Pauls is annoying. Yeah. So is it Salt or another restaurant? Okay. Okay. Here we go. 
terribly disappointing two star review better than one really looked forward to this meal the staff were very efficient and friendly the wine was excellent and reasonably priced however it's like great rich menu (laughs) however the food didn't live up to our expectations we went for the a la carte option and i had a starter which had a five pound supplement it was under seasoned and mediocre my wife had the halibut which was raw and therefore tasteless Look at his face, he's so... We both had the beef as our main, which was style over substance, and certainly not any value for money. We won't return. Was that Paul's restaurant? Well, look at Paul's reaction. (laughs) You can't help it. I'll say that it's here. But... I mean... Blood's boiling. What do you reckon? If it is here, then... For me, chip advisor, I'm... (laughs) I've said that to you before. For me, it's <laughs> it's wow. This is, this is a really, if, 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 really struck if a you, nerve. If, eh? if, you, if you enjoy your meal in a restaurant, you'll tell the staff, you'll tell the chef, or whatever. You'll tell them you enjoy it. Yeah. If you have a bad experience, then if you have anything about you, anything, you'll question to the front of house. You'll question to the chef. I didn't enjoy this. Can you put it right? Yeah. And you'll give them the chance. If going online after you've left the restaurant, <laughs> writing writing a review in anonymous with whatever with pictures, I was doing my bit. Yeah, yeah. he is. If, if that, He's if, taking if, your mantle. Yeah, yeah. If that little bit is what they enjoy doing in a restaurant, and when they finish their meal, rather than giving the restaurant a chance to rectify it, explain why they're doing it then they, they shouldn't be eating out in restaurants and they certainly shouldn't be access to a computer. <laughs> yeah. As simple as that. Yeah, so... So was it salt or somewhere else? <laughs> From your reaction, it's salt. It was but, salt! Yeah, I remember that. I Do remember you? Of course he does. He remembers remember, all of the bad reviews. Because that was a while ago. Because I haven't had a supplement on in ages. I, I remember the supplement. It was a deer tartare. Do you know what? A supplement threw me there because I, I, I don't... You know, I, I don't think... If it it's was not- like it was a year and a half ago that and I only remember that because it was a lot cheaper and we put a deer tartar on so there had to be a five pound supplement on that dish yeah mm-hmm. truffle and everything on it as well it's a cheap supplement yeah. and I remember like they were moaning because we had on the starters there was a raw fish a raw raw meat or this salad that was it and they were like oh, they were no beds they were they were just I just not our customer. Yeah. They expected like ridiculous fine. Well, it must be awful when you know that you can yeah. tell and you know you that, but you can't it. say that to me. You can't go. You don't have a clue. What, what gets me go. though is, and I don't know if you agree with this, but what gets me is that you know. Oh, he'll agree with you. I'm yeah, sure. <laughs> I would agree. But I don't even know. <laughs> when you go to someone's house, you go to someone's house for a dinner party. Yeah, Paul's done it to me. Do probably... you ever? <laughs> do you ever criticize or complain or argue why that's on the menu? You don't. No. You just go there to enjoy it. Now, I know they're paying for it. I understand that completely. But you're not holding them to ransom to come to your restaurant. You're not forcing them through the door. You're representing whatever you are. They know what food you do. Whether the menu is online or whatever, surely you'll check before if there's something you don't like or you'll tell your requirements, dietaries, preferences. How come to you go to a restaurant and then complain... (laughs) About what's <laughs> on the menu. <laughs> yes, mate. Uh, that, that's choir, for me is mate. why, why I do Look, I've never seen yeah. Paul's smile so hard. Is, is, is it why I get like? Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> but I just don't understand it. I, you know, you come to a restaurant. We've had someone come in recently. Like, oh yeah, so uh, 
why, why we don't do an a la carte menu no we do this well I, I'm not happy about that well, I'm really sorry about that but it's on it's online it's, we're not hiding it yeah, we're not exactly, tricking yeah. you we're not saying to you and come here with all this there are other restaurants yeah, exactly yeah, we're, we're not saying to you we do 500 dishes and then you arrive in and you've got three options yeah, yeah sure. we're just saying this is what we do and come into our house and come into our restaurant and we'll look after you that's a good way can. of putting it actually and that's yeah. what really frustrates me is that you know people complain about the offer but the price everything else it might not be to your taste. You might not be your price point, but don't go there in the first place, and do not go onto one of these <laughs> social media things to try and like use it as a, a tool because so many people following will read it. What's the point? Just say to someone, "Excuse me, the portion was a bit small." Yeah. And I'm sure the chef will either say, "Well, okay, we'll look after you." No, give I you say that. maybe you no. won't, but, you know. but if it's genuine, <laughs> you might say, "Okay, we'll give you a dessert on that on us, sure. or we'll give you an extra thing, you know, pre-dessert for you to make sure it's better value." But don't just go on these and try and make it yeah, what, you, what are you going to get yeah. from it ultimately yeah. nobody wins did it behind sure the you'll keyboard. get more if you mention it while you're there in a nice way yeah couldn't, that's couldn't agree more nobody wins do you, do you want to carry on playing yeah go on yeah right, let's, let's, you sure let's see if we can guess <laughs> okay Paul Foster is this the Oxford kitchen or somewhere else <laughs> okay even I'm annoyed at the title of this one okay somehow both pretentious and derivative Sounds like a review of a GCSE play, doesn't it? <laughs> okay. Service is good, but music is so loud and not to my taste or my friends. It's not even complaining about the food yet. It's all about the music. Very poor value, so best avoided. If you want this kind of food, try the pigeon in Hackney, London. It's much cheaper and it's the real thing. Wow. Is that the kitchen, the Oxford kitchen, or somewhere else? Mm. Music too loud. Somewhere else, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon somewhere else. What do you What do you reckon, Paul? Just because Oxford, Oxford Kitchen. It is the Oxford is Kitchen. So what? Loud music. I didn't imagine you'd have loud music. They might yeah. be. I don't know. Turn the. Do you reckon false review? Do you reckon that's in a load of? I mean, it's what I said before. Again, why, why compare us to another restaurant? I oh, know. In Hackney. Makes me think that they work in for that Hackney. restaurant in Hackney. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pigeon. Who's heard of that? I know. No yeah, disrespect. Yeah. It might be nice, but. <laughs> I ain't heard of it. I mean, yeah, I mean, who? Who? Why? Why go online and then start talking about another restaurant you went to? I mean, I there's so many restaurants in the world. I can't compare tonight to another restaurant I've been to. I can't compare to the restaurant to here. Mm. You've, it's about coming here for this restaurant. Why try to compare you to what you've had in the restaurant down the road in the city? You know, preaching to the converted. Yeah, don't you worry yeah, about it, mate. It's, it's, We're all in yeah. the same boat. Yeah. We're all in the same boat. Uh, lastly, uh, every single week we check in to see where salt is in the league tables of Stratford upon Avon. Week one, it was thirteen. Week two, fourteenth. Week three, eighteenth. Week five. What are you trying to? Are you trying to help him? No, I'm just saying okay. we go up and up and up, like, yeah. or down and down. This and is down. in Stratford upon Avon. <laughs> uh, just Stratford up and Avon. Now, last week it was 18th. Yeah. <clears throat> Have you gone up or down? 18th best restaurant in Stratford <laughs> up and Avon. First, had a e- first ever. Look earlier, actually. Did you? Actually, yeah. 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 because I don't know why I had a notification, so I scrolled through and I was like, Ooh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Higher or lower than 18th? What do you reckon? Um, we've gone up or down in a week. We've gone down. I mean, if it's based down, on yeah. if it's based on TripAdvisor, then I mean. We've gone down, mate. We have gone down. I'm afraid you're 20th. Yeah, I oh, know. 
I, I want to go lower. We, we, we had a similar thing in Gosford Kitchen. When I first arrived, I think we were, we were <coughs> 11, I think it was, in Oxford. And then I think a month later... That's good. That'll be like About a month or two later, we went down to nine. Oh. And then, literally, I think we had like two, three-star reviews. And I, I went around the Friday, Saturday, came back on the Monday, opened it up, and it was like, we were like 30. I was like... <laughs> Dodgy algorithm. How's that happened? <laughs> Honestly, but I was like, how, how, how? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, how many restaurants are there on TripAdvisor in Oxford? Oh, good. Yeah, oh, can we have a look at that? How many restaurants we've got in Oxford? Uh, yeah, I'd say it's probably like 1,800. Is it? Is it? Yeah, no, it would be a lot. Because they do everything as well, don't they? It's like, yeah. you know, KFC at services will be counted, yeah. won't it? It's about, 18, yeah. about I guess, 800. About Someone was telling me the other day that what counts toward the algorithm as well of getting up is if you reply to every review, that will get you up. Yeah, interaction is key. It's the same with iTunes and podcasts. Really? So for those so listening, don't just to... don't just listen. Yeah. Comment and rate and review. Is that that true? Yeah. So yeah. you know on iTunes where it says like number one podcast episode this week is that. It's not sheer downloads. It's people who reviewed it. So given five stars and a comment, really? that will boost you up. So the number one yeah. might have less downloads than number yeah number even, ten yeah yeah. But yeah, it's rating. But reviews. if it's getting loads wow. of five star reviews, then it's winning. Didn't realize. That. I know. How many? Uh, it says there's uh, 478. Okay, let's move on to my favourite feature. Time for boiling point. So I get to sit back and listen to some stories. When has the heat of the kitchen just got too much? We want your stories of unleashing hell on some of your employees or when people have unleashed hell on you. Well, th- this is something I-, I witnessed and it's absolutely savage. It was... Uh, oh, can't wait. So I'm Can not have another gonna... beer or a bit of wine yeah, before yeah, you yeah. start? Well, yeah, I love it. A bit of wine. A bit of red. There we go. Thank you. I'll, it, I'll pour uh, myself. Don't worry. You tell the story. <laughs> um, I'll have a tiny top up as okay, well. Great. Just a wee one. Uh, you all right? Would you like a little slither of wine? Or do you know what? I will, I, I will. No, I'll go, I'll go for a glass of wine. Yeah, yeah, great. Special wine. Why not? So, yeah, I can't mention any uh, the name of places, this, because this, this was pretty savage. Yep. Psychologically, not physically. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a clue or a hint or a... It's a restaurant in the UK. That's as much as I'll do. South of Birmingham. I'm not going to say because <laughs> you'll work it out. <laughs> you know, Jigsaw identification, yeah. it's called. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you after. Okay, okay. When the mics are off. <laughs> so um, we had the, there was this lad in the kitchen. His I can't remember his real name. Um, his nickname was Percy. Really nice lad. Good young chef. He'd started at this place just um, just before me, and um, he was on the canapes section. And he was just getting ruined on the daily, like all day, every day, kicked on the ankles. That was the the sort of signature move there, kicks in the ankles consistently. Mm-hmm. Like your ankles would be covered in bruises. Um, and then, yeah, this one lunch service, he just went down and he was just getting ruined. His confidence was down. Chef went up to him at the end of the service. He said, look, go outside, have a walk around for half an hour. Decide if you've got the fucking bollocks to work here. He said, if you ain't, come back and tell me and piss off. Oh, so we went out to the garden and he come back in. It gets worse, mate, yeah. Um, comes back in. He's like, right, Percy, what's your decision then? He's like, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not enjoying it. I'm not doing well. I keep getting ready. I think I'm going to leave. Like, you what? So I think I'm going to leave. He's like, all right. Everyone, lads, stop what you're doing. Guys, come around here. Gathered everyone around. He went, right, Percy's a fucking pussy. He's decided he's going to leave because he can't handle it. So everyone wave goodbye to Percy. See you, Percy. Now fuck off. And just walk. He had to just like walk a shame through the kitchen and out the door, and no one saw him again. Oh my god! Yeah, Jesus. it was savage. I remember Did you just wave? like half, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little oh. like a queen wave, like, <laughs> like that. 
<laughs> Don't want to be seen to what not be do? waving. Yeah, like <laughs> one of those houses streaming like the waving. <laughs> <laughs> Party popper. Yeah, my hands waving, but my face ain't. Oh yeah, but what, my what, god! I felt so uncomfortable. I felt sorry for him. But did you did like him? Was he a nice? He guy? was a nice lad. Yeah. And was he? he was he? Was he a bit crack? He wasn't bad. He wasn't right for that sort of place. Um, but I mean, not many are. But uh, oh, man, that he, yeah, savage. that probably just finished his career. That that manoeuvre. What is he doing he now, savage. mate? If you, Percy, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah, please get, get in touch. touch let us know. Yeah, if you're out of therapy, yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, I can't wait to find out who that is after. Paul, well done. What's your What's your boiling point? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I think if it's against myself, <laughs> it's not really. A, I say it was a boiling point. I suppose it's something that I suppose just a pity. For, Kind of like typifies like women she's like. I remember I was working. I don't know if I should say it or not. Really, I suppose is it, is it really right or wrong? But yeah, I worked at a, a restaurant, and I think it was about sort of half seven. I was young, but it's half seven on a Saturday night. Prime, um, prime time, prime time, yeah, busy yeah, yeah. night. We we're a small team, um, so there was no kind of chance of anyone being off on in there. And it was literally before service, and the way it was, there was a there was, there was a, the whole story behind it. There was there was a, there was a deep fat fryer. Okay, it's, 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 it's bad. There's a defect, there was a defect fryer in <laughs> oh the section. God. And then back then, this dish we had to put on the menu was like basically mussels. And then the idea then was you basically, whenever you wanted the mussels, you went to the fridge, the walk-in fridge, and you took out your mussels from the from the sort of the water they used to filter the mussels. You put a bit of flour in it, helps to feed the mussels out and clean them oh, out. Does it? Okay. So we used to take the mussels out into this container and then walk it into the sec- into the kitchen and then you cook your mussels to order. It's half seven. I've been busy there. I'm a bit tired. So I've got his first check on. It's mussels. So I've obviously gone around the corner into this fridge to pick up some mussels. <laughs> obviously, this deep up fryer where the basket is and you're bashing it on the side yeah. of the basket, it's obviously throughout the day, it's just splashed a bit of oil. There's a bit of oil on the floor. So I come back from this walk-in fridge. Obviously, I'm hearing the, the head chef shouting, like, how long, how long? I come around, around the corner. And I literally hit this bit of water they've been splashing the muscles this oil like a yeah like a skating oh, ring and I literally gone arse over to it oh god and I've stacked it on top of the solid top oh, oh mate trying to save the muscles I've kind of gone onto it <laughs> That's cool, and I've man. gone onto the solid top with the bullseye on my arm and I remember I literally let out the biggest squeal supposedly I've been told this the biggest <laughs> oh, squeal in god. pain I got up, got myself together. The head chef came over and said, "Like, yeah, you all right?" And I just looked up and I was just like, "I remember, I was like, yeah." It's like, good because you ain't fucking going home. And I literally oh. had to do the entire Saturday night back and forward when I went back to the fridges, yeah. putting my arm onto the inside of the fridge door, to stop the bloody burn on my arm. Oh, so like the bullseye size. The bullseye literally degrees. right yeah, in my centre. Yeah. I had the lines of the bullseye on my arm at the time. Oh, and he wouldn't, wouldn't, do, he nah. wouldn't say any Mate, that is, that is savage. But it was, you know. So did, what, did you finish the shift and go to the hospital? No, nah, just went home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went to the beds, had to work the next day. <laughs> oh my God. That is crazy. Do you have a scar? No, no, it, it, it wasn't to the point of like, you know, burning through. 
it was just the fact is that you know anyone's got a burn on their arm it's like you don't want to carry on working especially at half seven on a Sunday night with 120 other books oh my god that was <laughs> yeah. that must so that's have probably been like so the, hard that's probably like the, that must have been the longest shift of your life yeah it was horrible yeah. It was, I, will never, I will never forget that service I, I, even the people who worked with me at the time always say like jeez remember that time when that happened yeah. I can't yeah. believe you carried on working I can't believe you stayed there <laughs> But it no, was the, the it was picture like, I built up of the industry through the boiling point stories we've heard. I mean, it's just I can't you, I can't relate to you it. Made the right decision. I've got initiative. working in media. I've got nothing. I can I literally you know someone left a tea bag on the floor once. That's it. But we've got I've got nothing. You Did guys you the yeah. adversity the adversity. You guys I, think, I think the industry is is evolving. I, mean, I, I can't think now of times when I've really kind of gone into someone myself personally. I mean, you always have your moments. But I think it's, <laughs> you, know, you have your moments. I mean, I'm going to ask, you know, what do you, when you in those moments? When, what happens when I worked W one? I'll always say this: when I worked W one, there was there was it was rare that I finished a week when I didn't have bruises or like red marks all over my arm or my hand, my wrist from banging down in the past, like constantly, like screaming, screaming. Really? What at your staff? Yeah. Just, and, just and like, where's, where's house, this? Where's back that? Back of house, kitchen, anything. I was, it was almost like I was in a in a mode like that, that age where I was like nervous. First head chef role, I've got a fucking. So you felt like you had to act the part almost. Like I think it was more that the, the, the now I control myself. I think I think I don't know. Paul knows. You know, he's probably the same view. Like, when you grow up, you you, you mature. You realise that there's bigger things and more important things, and just cursing everyone in the kitchen yeah. or anyone else better ways of getting your point across 100% He's but back then it was yeah but I remember like, there'd be days when I'd be punching the past I'd be really? screaming I'd have restaurant managers coming saying chef 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 calm down but you can hear you in the restaurant I'd be like, I don't care if anyone can hear me banging my hand down pulling past doors off because it was stuck and throwing them on the floor you know I had all you know just going crazy nothing ever physical towards chefs because yeah. I think that's when you're crossing that line yeah you know, I've seen it. I've had it done for me before. I've had food thrown at me before in the middle of service. I've, I've been in service where I've been prepping away and literally I hot, I've just felt burning on the back of my neck and I've realised that some fish that I've overcooked has gone hit me on the back of the neck. The tray's on the floor. The ju- hot juice from the fish has gone up up on the wall. And I'm, looking, I'm, I'm looking at like bits of like fillets of haddock falling down <laughs> on the floor. I'm like, that's what it is. Oh <laughs> my God. But I think when you're at that point, I think you, you're crossing over that line. You're not. You're no longer a chef anymore. I think you. you you've got to. You've got to take a reality check. And you know, I've had moments where I've gone crazy. I've lost. Yeah. I've. Had, I remember one time I went absolutely ballistic, and I had to walk away from the service. You know those like plastic um, blue roll dispensers. Oh yeah. And I walked past one of them one night. I went crazy in the service. And I walked past it. I just literally punched this this plastic thing, <laughs> but it's quite reinforced. Smashed through the whole thing. Walked down to my office and stood there, and I was just like. I'm, was shaking and I was like oh, I looked at my, my, literally my hand was all cut open with like blood dripping oh my, I was like I was mate, like what am I doing mate that is what that am is I doing terrifying what, what, so sometimes you you know now I look back and I was like 10 years eight, 8 years ago I was like there's more to life in that we're yeah. not we're not saving lives we're cooking food yeah you know <laughs> it's true obviously it pulls in the situation because <laughs> yeah. he's got you know it's, it's, it's his business it's his livelihood it's his family that's completely different different pressure but then if you lose control of what you're doing it and why you're doing it, it doesn't matter whether it's your own business it or else's business. might affect the quality and, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, what's the point? If you're ruining people to that yeah. level, what's the point? And definitely nowadays, the, the chefs won't be able to, they won't stay because they'll find somewhere down the road that's offering yeah. more. Yeah, so many good restaurants out there now they've got their 100%. Pick. You can't treat them like that. 
Wow, I feel like I feel exhausted after this <laughs> the pressure you guys have gone through. You brought, it, you brought it all back to me. <laughs> Sorry. Have a I, sip. Have I stop drinking. Before <laughs> have a, have a si- sip of the lovely red and try and get through it. Uh, okay, I think we're pretty much pretty much done for today's episode. Um, we always like to end on a few cooking hacks and actually I'm really happy to bring up cooking hacks this week because <laughs> last week on the show I I gave one uh, which was one of my favourite things to do is buy some quality sausages unravel them and then use them as meatballs scrunch them up use oh. them as meatballs Paul Welburn you look, you look like you've had a good idea no, I'm just but, thinking about that. Genius, yeah. right? That's nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah not, I, 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 I got a little WhatsApp from Paul the other day. What yeah. was on that, Paul? Uh, I was doing that. So yeah. I was a little bit, yeah. He was well happy. But I will be honest, yeah. I wasn't using quality sausages. <laughs> what were I they? I was using mushy, shitty Richmond. <laughs> oh. Because that's all my wife will eat. Don't like, say shitty Richmond because we might pitch this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, out, I'm out. I'm out of the door. <laughs> Sponsored by Richmond. We're not. We're not. Yeah, um, that's the only sausage my wife will eat. She likes the texture of it. She won't Rianne. eat good meaty sausage. She's yeah. better than that. You can't I be. You can't that. have a Michelin yeah. star husband <laughs> and eat only want Richmond sausages. Right. And that's what my daughter likes. My son will eat any sausage. He's a fiend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, but you know the picture looked great. But, but, yeah, Thanks for nice. thinking of me and making yeah, it. Um, any home cook hacks, stuff that people can little nuggets of information or quick workarounds you can offer up. I, I found one. Um, it was a few weeks ago on. Um, Twitter I think it was Tom Kerridge that shared it and he was like what the fuck that's blowing my mind right and I was like shit that <laughs> what and I never clicked it's <clears throat> excuse me it's like the most simple thing ever okay right and it's ridiculous blow our minds Paul come on pressure's on blow so our minds. you know um, a cheese grater a box grater that you have at home yeah, like yeah. a mum grater well James Acaster famously says like at home we only ever use one side yeah, yeah. never use the other three sides. The rest sides. is pointless. Yeah, Everything the rest is holding pointless. awkwardly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cutting yourself. Yeah, so, <laughs> so washing it the is a nightmare. Stand it up, handle on top, and great, isn't it? Yeah, and then yeah. Re- the reveal is yeah. a wonderful and then moment. Cheese everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> lay it on its back and grate it that way. What? All the cheese stays in there, and you move it straight over the bowl, and it's there. That's wow. apparently like the best way to use a cheese. It's changed my life. Mind right. blown. I don't even eat cheese. Cheese boxed cheese grater should be that, on their does side. Does that work with one of the uh, sort of the tripod ones? Oh, good point. Ooh. Good point. Does that work? Because give it a go. I don't know. That's don't buy, don't tripod buy a tripod one. Yeah. Do yeah. they allow them in Yorkshire? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fancy cheese grater. <laughs> <laughs> so boxed cheese graters need to be on their side. That is that's yeah. changed Place by. Place it all, no mess. Tip it out on your on your dinner. Brilliant. Can you match that, Paul Welburn? Anything we can take away with us? Uh, Little tricks? I don't know. I don't know if I can, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll beat him. You put me on. Yeah, you have. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sort of what you guys do, so I thought. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm sure it'd be pretty safe to put you on. I saw one the other day, actually. I saw someone who was doing pancakes. Yeah. Did you see that one? No. So, you know, everyone does like a pan and they put the pancake batter into the hot pan. Yep, swirl it round. Swirl it round really carefully and then wait for what? it and then flip it over. Flip it, yeah. It was someone who got the pan really hot and then dipped the back of the pan in the batter. What? what? And then turned it over and then it just peels off. 
Right, so like a really clean. So you're using the bottom of the pan, yeah. So basically, it was like I've never tried it yet. I'm not. No, gonna, well, that's going to be wafer thin. That is exactly. So you don't have to worry about putting Why is it too much wafer thin. You put, you know, you because put, you're not excessive. Yeah, if you put too much, if too much of a ladle in, getting a coating, and then you try and go around really carefully, you end up getting like ridges, and it's a bit uneven. Of course. But by dunking it into the big bowl it's of even. batter, it it's just even. dips in, lift it, and then turn it. No, Brilliant, yeah. and then put that back on the stove, but the upside down. So you need one of those skillet pans or like one of the flat pans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was something I saw. That was quite, that's really was quite that's quite so cool. cool. That's the best. That's the best this feature's ever gone. <laughs> yeah, box cheese grate on the side. You've oh. used a recipe of wow. mine at home, and then we've learned how to do <laughs> pancakes yeah. on the back of a pan. I mean, this is just unbelievable. <laughs> okay. We can do ground here. That's beautiful. Um, Thanks so much for, for coming and, you know, I, I, I know it's set to say thank you for coming on a Michelin star meal, but thanks so much for coming and recording the show. It's been a privilege to have you it's on. An absolute pleasure. I mean, I need no excuse to eat Paul's food, but yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh, nice um, here's to you all for listening and uh, yeah, thanks for the nightcap. Cheers, Paul. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys.